Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Gunnerstown Radio podcast. Uh, I'll be in the chair tonight, Dave Seeger, and I'm joined by my good friends, Paul Hepka in Vinci Blog on Twitter, and and Charlie, AFC Charlie, another regular. Good evening, chaps. How are we? Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon, Paul. Evening. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Dave. All good. Excellent. So I think we've got, as we discussed during the day, we've got four items on the agenda tonight. We'll do a three, three five-minute sections and then full 15-minute FA Cup preview mode. So the three things I want to talk about that have been in the news uh, since our pod on Tuesday morning really have been the rumours are coming out or whether the rumours, whether they're, they're sort of leaks from the club about Aubameyang Patach having an extension on his contract and not been extended and not been taken up on that option. Secondly, um, very strong rumours that Sabayos, they are going to take up an option on loan and they're pushing for that deal. And thirdly, Ornstein's story about some of the players that um, may be available uh, this summer. So quick five minutes on each. So first of all, I'll go to you first, Charlie. Um, did you know about this Aubameyang extension option? Uh, and what do you make of us not taking it up if that is indeed the case? Or is it just a load of old rubbish? I didn't know how much an extension was it. I, what do you mean? Set so did, did I know? It was they had an option to extend the contract, which Arsenal had the right to extend to 2022. That came out yesterday, and I, they're not I, taking it up. I didn't. I didn't know that. In all honesty, um, I always thought he was going to stay. Personally, I, I thought he was going to. I think. I think you look at. I think he's happy in London. I mean, like everywhere he's been, he, he's he seems a happy-go-lucky character. I think he's revered at Arsenal, which is not. If he goes to any of the top clubs, he's got to start again, and he's not going to get that same. If he goes to, I don't know, like a Barcelona or a Real Madrid, he's not going to be their main man. Not going to get the adulation. No, and I think he likes that. I think he loves all that, and he looks comfortable. And as as, as a wealthy footballer, he's probably no better city to live in than London as well, in a way. Like I, th- I think he's, I think he's happier, and I think he's. He, 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 we know what he's like, Dave and Paul. We watch him every week. He's not your. 10 out of 10 every week, but he will pick you up the goals and he gets away with the games where he doesn't play well here because of what he's done here. So I think mm. he's, he's at his level. And I'm happy he's down. I think, I think he'd been devastated if we'd lost him in the summer. Yeah. I mean, so Paul, I mean, I, I, you, you're on Instagram. What, what do you make of his father's pictures of all his cars being loaded onto <laughs> a ferry to leave the country and his father sort of seems to be hinting that he may be on his way? I mean, I don't believe it, but... A lot of people seem to. Well, yeah. Um, the father's message, I mean, the first half, like, I, I think, was congratulating him on almost getting the golden boot, but scoring all the goals and everything. And then the next was a kind of cryptic thing, like, um, you know, people got to know that in our culture, it's not the son that makes the decision, it's the father, and we know what's yeah. best for you. This He's done that before. You, we've talked about yeah. this before, haven't we? And, um, and then there was a, it was, you know, <laughs> there was a picture of his cars being loaded up. But apparently that they, he has two cars that are, have been sent ahead of schedule to France because he's going there on holiday. Right. Apparently that's that's why those cars are being set up. Mm-hmm. I mean sent. Um, you know, I don't know. There's just all, always this family talk and stuff, and it's it's hard to know what to believe or not. But um, regarding that option, um, from what I've read, it seems like um, you know Arsenal would have the option basically to to force an extension. They had that built into the contract. But I think all everyone at Arsenal seems to think that kind of forcing a player to stay against his will, especially at this point in his career with, you know, with that last contract, you want the guy to be there because he wants to be there. I mean, look what happened with Alexis and stuff. It yeah. doesn't work. So I yeah, think that they've decided not to. to yeah, to. no, I can see that. My, my take on it's always been, and I, I tend to agree with Charlie, that I think he'll be here next season. What I can't, what I think is different between him and Alexis is if if the situation is that he doesn't want to extend but he's happy to play out the last year. I've always been content with that. Because I think 
Because he to get twenty five million pound now for a player of his age. We ain't gonna get which. What are we gonna do with twenty five million pound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't buy you a replacement for him, and yet, if we had to pay him the increase, say from one eighty to two eighty, whatever it is, that extra six million pound. So there's. There's six million pound a bit you're not going to have to spend. So it's 19 million quid. It's, it's even less. And also, if his goals far as back, it's well, paid more than itself. I've always thought that. We would be where would we be without him? Let's face it. I mean, yeah. like, like he's he's scoring 50 percent or most of our goals. You know, they're not coming from anywhere else really. And and if you if you signed him now and signed him for a three year contract, for instance, and gave him that extra pay, you're talking about what claim forty five million pounds over the next three years. Where are you going to find anybody remotely? You're not. You know, he's thirty three. Yes, sure, but he played more minutes this season for Arsenal than any other player. Three thousand one hundred and thirty minutes. Well, you, you're, you're right there, Paul. To be fair, his age is thirty one. I think football's changed now since like thirty. Even like the talk with I know we're probably talking about William in a bit. Thirty one years old. At that age, yeah, that's sort of a player's prime now. So yeah, look at Giroud. He's thirty-three. He's got well, a better example. A better example. Let's look at the player who did win the Golden Boot. Exactly. Yeah, he's the same. yeah. no, he's, he's thirty-three. He's two years older than the Bamian. So I think, and, I, I'm, and I'm under the impression you'd have. I, I, I think the Arsenal hierarchy have also said as well to him. All right, even if you don't want to sign this summer, you're going to stay for us. We reevaluate it in January. You said you're happy. You want to play Champions League football. Let's see where we are in December. If worse comes to the worst, we give you a year. We're up your money for a year at least. Maybe give us a bit of protection or whatever. But let's see where we are in January. If Arteta's got a first, it's not a proper preseason, but we've got to build it with him, and then see how we get on come December. If we're looking strong, he might want to sign. Even if um, this is what I was thinking maybe weeks ago. But then if we are struggling. I'm sure Arsenal will let him go with their blessings of free transfer. It'd have been a win-win for him anyway. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. I tend to. Agree. I think we're all agreed that Bamiang, we want him to be here next year. And I think I personally, I think we all think he is going to be here next year, so. whether he signs an extension or whether he doesn't. That's my. And the one, the one thing that's different from Alexis Van Persie, all these names that did leave, which people compare him to, it, it, everything you talk about, they always mention he is happy at Arsenal. Yeah, no. yeah, he's happy. I mean, he's yeah. happy. He's captain. He he seems like he's got a good rapport with everyone. He seems to really like Arteta. The, the other players were all angling for moves out because they wanted to go. He doesn't seem like that. So that well, also, yeah, on. Pitch, sorry, his you know he, he gives a hundred percent on the pitch. He's tracking back. He leads by example. He you know like even when you're fighting a losing battle, the guys back there tracking back, making the headers, making the interceptions. You know, there's none of this idea that he's kind of just drifting, you know, like waiting for a move. You know, he, he seems to be, like, committed. Yeah, I didn't, think, I didn't think he was a logical captain. Obviously, we were forced into a decision with the Shaka situation. But what I have noticed is he, he's a good mentor to some of the younger players as well. You can see him talking to them, you know, when they're going off, when they're coming on, when, they, when there's a stake on the pitch, he'll put his arm around them. And I didn't see that side of him come. I didn't see that coming. That's really yeah. impressed me. And yeah. So, yeah, we're all good on that. So, what about the other big story in this sort of, loan transfer market this week about Danny Ceballos. Um, you know, I'll kick it off on this one. I I think I have absolutely no issue with us extending the loan for another season. I think it's a good move. I'm not sure that I'd want to spend 25, 30 million pounds on buying him right now. I'd like to see him for a full season. So I'm happy if that's the case. What about you, Paul? Um, you know, it's, Danny Ceballos is interesting because he had, he started off you know, like you looked like you might be some, you know, something exciting. Then there was like a bit of a slump where you thought, oh, geez, we're in this like 
this octopus with a slow turning circle. It just doesn't seem to be, you know. And then and now under Arteta in this last kind of post-pandemic thing, he's, he's he, he, I really admire his, I mean, his ball recoveries, his interceptions, his tackling, his drive. He gets the ball, he's got one, I, and very, I mean, he's got great body movement and stuff. He turns and he's trying to make something happen. And we need that propulsion, you know. So, you know, I'm loving what he's offering because there's not a lot, you know, else in the team that's offering the same thing. So, you know, I wouldn't mind actually signing him because I think he's the kind of player that if he was committed to Arsenal and if, if he isn't featuring in Zidane's plans at Real, I think he's the kind of guy that could really, like, nail down and, and, and give you his best. And let's face it, he's, he's entering his prime right now. He's a great mm. baller. He obviously has a lot of talent. I think Arteta could make him into somebody, you know, special. Yeah. Charlie? Yeah, I tend to agree with you on this day, to be fair. I think uh, what you hear, the reports you hear that we haven't got a massive transfer budget this summer. Um, to knock 25, 30 million out of that on Sabayos, I wouldn't have been too happy with, to be fair. I think we need to address some bigger issues. But if you'd have asked me before lockdown, I would have said, take it or leave it. Don't care if he stays or goes. But since lockdown, as you've said, Paul, he's been absolutely excellent. He's actually come out and said since that trip to Dubai was when he really took a turn the corner. He went away with Arteta. He spoke to Arteta. Arteta told him how much he values him and and, and, and it's been shown his performances. He's been excellent. Him and Xhaka have built up a really good relationship. And Torreira is a bit of a fan's favourite. People do like Torreira. And he can't get a look in at the minute because of this. But what I would say, a loan deal is excellent. Even with an option to buy, it gives us another year for nothing, really, other than wages. But How much would so, that be, by the way? Just the loan and, and wages and stuff? Yeah. How much? I, I, I don't know. I think they're talking about, we obviously, I think his wages are around 100 grand a week or something like that, isn't it? They so, want some sort of loan signing on loan. Fee. I think it's about, they want four or five million, didn't they? Which is, I know, we were saying, well, that's not a lot of money, but it is, obviously. But, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? In football terms. But, but what, I, what I would like to, we need, an, we need a creative attacking midfielder, and he's not that. Let's, let's, let's get that right. He's not going to play that attacking. He fits in system at the minute when we're playing three. And a five, he fits that well. Three, four, three, fits that well as a two. I'm happy. But I, I don't think he's that advanced playmaker. So we do need to get someone else as well in there, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you my two pennies worth. I, I don't entirely agree with what you just said, Charlie, because I think I think right now, in a two with Shaka, there are limitations that we are accepting because we want three at the back. And we yep. are losing the creativity, and the creativity has to come from the width. The thing that worries me long-term about... Shaka and Sabayas as a two is how one pace that midfield is. You know, there is no pace at all if things break down. So if we're going to play a three and we do need an attacking player, I agree. I still think it's only one of Shaka and Sabayas long term because I think you need an out-and-out -out defensive midfield player and neither of those are that. And no. I do think you need a creative one. So I think if you have, you need two out of the midfield players and one of those two. And right now, I would say when he took Sabayas off last weekend, early, when Shaka was on a booking, I think that told me quite a lot about where Arteta sees the two players right now. I, I think for Arteta, Sabayas is slightly ahead. And I actually think, one more thing, I'm talking too much. I think Sabayas, since the pandemic, reminds me of a certain Mikel Arteta in his last great season before he got injured when we won the FA Cup, when he was playing alongside a box-to-box -box midfield player, because he wasn't an out-and-out -out defensive midfield player, but he had a great mind for the game. He was making interceptions. He was starting the play. That's what Sabayas is doing right now for us, more than Shaka. 
Yeah, I think I think with, I, I do agree with the limitations of the two of them in the middle. But that comes down to having the wide, as you said, the wide players have got to be right. See, if we're going to play three at the back, which would before Mustafi's injury, it would have been Mustafi, Tierney, and Louise. Yes. Your wide players have got to be a bit more creative. So for me, get, you're playing, you want a sacker, so to speak, on the left, and the and the right. I think that's the situation. Bellerin's not that player for me. Definitely not. No. Cedric, I thought he'd done well with a couple of games, but I thought he let himself down a bit in the Villa game. He didn't look too clever. So I think, and I don't think Pepe can play a right wing back because he doesn't. No, no. Defensively. So it is an issue we have to cross. But I think you'll see, even, even against the Watford game, Arteta's going to mix that formation up. So yeah. you're going to, and I, I'm sure we're going to go on to transfers now, Nick. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I do think he wants to play. My gut feeling is he wants to play the formation he started with post-lockdown, which is 4-3-3. But that's why he was using Saka as a third midfield player, because he yeah. needed that mobility because the other two don't give it to him. So I think that's where he needs to address in the summer. But on the players who may leave, one of the players who could play right wing back, who's definitely been one of the ones who has said is available, is Reese Nelson. But the other the other sort of mass of players that are available, and I think we do need to discuss, is the centre-back situation, because we're still being linked with another centre-back. We've already signed Murray, we've extended Louise, um, and we've got Saliba coming in. So we know four of our centre-backs. That means that Socrates, Holding, Chambers, Mavropanos and Mustafi, there's five centre-backs that probably aren't in his top four. It's all very well saying they're available, but can we sell them? Well, Mustafi, you can't because how are you going to see who's going to buy him? He's, he's broken right now, you know. So, well, yeah. yeah. Chambers is injured, so you stuck with him too. Oh, he's back full, He's back in full training now, though, isn't he, Chambers? Oh, so he's, he is fit enough to pass a medical. Um, you're looking at, I mean, you, I've read various reports today. One saying that, say, he's told Socrates, you're not in my plans. Yeah, I've, I've read, read that, yeah. And I've read something as well saying that Socrates' agent said he's happy to be where he is. He's going to stay where he is. He's on underground a week at Arsenal. We ain't going to get that anywhere else. That's the, we've put ourselves in the old avid situation again, where with Ozil, we've got players on such high contracts, they're not just going to leave because they're never going to get anything near what they're on now. Well, Kolasinac's on 130000 a week because he was a free transfer. Exactly. You know, I mean, this pandemic has really turned everything around. There's so much insecurity about... You know what, what kind of see what, what the next season's going to look like. This one was so disrupted. I mean, if if you or I were in a job and we had a decent salary and we were given the option, you know, just to leave or you know stick and you know stick with what you got, I'd I'd stay. I mean, I don't blame yeah. those guys for, for staying. They are. And as far as like players that you can sell, we can talk as much as we like about who we want to sell. But unless there's not a buyer, <clears throat> you know what's going to happen. This for me, like this whole talk. Sorry, Dave. Moving on to the next section that you were talking about. Um. The leak about who about yeah. selling. For me, the question is more who we don't want to sell, and I think there's maybe four people. And then if there was any offers for any of the other people that aren't those four, I think we'd probably take them. We'd bite your hand off for it, you know. Um, if you want to discuss who those four players are that you'd keep, yeah. it's, it's really not a lot that you'd. Um, it, it's, but to be fair, Paul, the sad thing is what you've just said there. It, it literally Pepe, Aubameyang, Tierney, Saliba, Leno, maybe Martin, two keepers in that. Everyone else, he's up for yeah. sale. So six, that's six out of 27. I don't think you'd sell Saka after and Martinez. Oh, no, no, sorry, no, sorry, no, Saka Martinelli, exempt. And I'd, and I'd like to see Smith Rowe be voting around the squad next year. I mean, I've got yeah. a mate of mine who seems to get older at Huddersfield, hasn't been going, been watching every game, and he has not nothing but rave reviews about how well he's played. Been excellent. And I think Arsenal sent him away on loan because they want to see him next year. Yeah. Well, Arteta said that. He said yeah. he's really looking forward to working with him. So... 
Yeah, I think Paul's point is valid. It's, it's, and everyone's forgetting this is that, you know, we all know that we need to sell to buy. You know, we have to sell to be able to give Arteta money to buy. You know, that's accepted. I mean, there are people who say, oh, yeah, we're still going to spend. Pete Conkey's going to put his hand in it. He's not. OK, so we do have to sell to buy. I'm not saying there's not going to be any money available, but we had to sell to buy. But Paul's made the point and it's very valid. It's a depressed market. And, you know, all this English premium. And like last summer, we turned down what some of the summer, 20 million pounds the summer before last for, from, for Leicester, for Callum Chambers. He's not worth, he's not going to get that now. Rob Holding would have been 20 million pounds last summer or the summer before. He's probably 10 million now. Yeah, these players that would have been an English premium and would have gone for good money to a solid middle premiership side... No one's got that money. Even Liverpool, having won everything, aren't going to be spending big money no. this summer. Chelsea and so, Man United are teams are going to take advantage of this summer, unfortunately. Well, Chelsea, I, 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 don't, I, I don't buy into the um, the whole, we've got no money. I think I've, Arsenal tend to say that, get that in the press, because they want people to think that we're skinned. Right? And then I, I, I do agree. And it's a good tactic, because obviously it's today about, we, got, we asked about Jack Grealish today. Yeah. We asked about him. We were told eighty million, and asked for him respond, which is obviously understandable. But we're not going to be asking for them about them sort of players if we've got no money or interest signing them. So, but Kanduzi's Kanduzi, you'd like to think at the minute is probably our best asset and Lacazette are probably the two we got we could sell to get some money in. Yeah. So, I think they're the two you'll see touted about. Maybe Torreira even. I mean, I know yeah. for a fact that our number one target we want desperately is Thomas Party. Yeah. Okay, and. And people, I've seen people moaning about, oh, just pay the 50 million release clause. It doesn't work like that. He hasn't signed a contract because he wants to come to Arsenal. We're not going to pay the release clause. We've got a bit, we, we've got a bargaining power. You're not going to suddenly say you've got to start a bit of a negotiation. And okay. also what happens on Saturday helps with any negotiation. I mean, that makes a huge oh, difference. Massive, it's massive, massive. So it's we massive. can't really talk about anything until we know whether we're shit or whether we've got options, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, let's move. Let's move on. Let's move on because we need to address that for the last 15, 10 minutes, whatever. FA Cup final, massive weekend. Not as big as it. You know, we'd normally all be there, which is is depressing uh, that we can't be. But it's still a massive game. It's a repeat of 2017. Um, I personally am feeling quite confident, um, but I don't know how you guys feel. Do you think both of you? Do you think he's going to go the three-four-three and match yeah. up against Chelsea at the weekend? I think you'll see the same team he played against Man City, exactly man for man. With eight Maitland Niles on the left. Yeah, I think I think I think I think you like that. Um, I put a tweet out yesterday, and I think this game, as Paul just said, this I think this shapes our future in a way. I know it's, I don't want to be cold blunt about it. If we win, we're in Europe. If Bamiang stays, we probably get the players we're going for. Um, the lift for the next four or five weeks when we start is a good feeling. If we lose, which I don't want to think about, it's the complete opposite. It really is. And I, and I don't want to put the pressure. I think it was a little bit similar last year with the Champions League place and stuff. But being out of Europe completely, I know people say it doesn't really matter. It, it really does. The money you get for it, the players you can buy and, and appeal and attract, it does make a difference. So... Don't get me wrong, I'd much rather be playing Chelsea this week than Man United. I don't know mm -hmm. why. I know they finished, well, United finished above them in the end or not, I don't know. But Maybe. I would much, I feel a lot more confident playing against Chelsea just because I think we own from last year, the cup final. They'll probably match up for us the same formation. As much as Giroud's on a bit of a purple patch at the minute, I think we could deal with Giroud. Um, but no, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough, every cup final's a tough game. Let's get it right. Do you know what I mean? So, but I'm. I'm <sighs> Yeah, I'm confident that we'll do a result. 
What's your take on that, Paul? I mean, this is probably the there are two positions that are being debated, you know, and it's probably right wing back and left wing back. And Maitland-Niles is heavily in that debate, having played so well on the left twice against Wolves and then against Man City. Um, but, you know, Chelsea do look to get to the byline and get the ball across the near place for Giroud. So they look to go outside. So do you want Maitland-Niles on his wrong foot against a Willian or a Pulisic? I don't know. I mean, would you rather see Saka because he is left footed there? Um, you know, I think I think Arteta is so, so pragmatic as a coach, and I think in the in the games where we've been really successful, he's he's shown either through an adjustment halfway through the game, or at the beginning of the game, he's shown that taking a key player out of the game, you know, just the key player out of the other team out of the game, can really really screw them up. And he's been good at that. And, and Maitland Niles been central to like a couple of the mm-hmm. times that he's disrupted. The other team, you know, like against City and stuff, you get Maitland-Niles on to take care of Mares, and suddenly, you know, even though the space is out wide, they can't do anything with it because he's closing them down. I think if, if Maitland-Niles is given the job to, you know, take uh, Pulisic out of the game, I think that would, um, you know, that would really help Arteta because it means that they've got to find another outlet, you know, and so it puts the pressure on them to then... I think also put... with Saka, Dave, sorry, mate, I think I think he'd be on the bench Saturday because I also think... <clears throat> it's, it's a plan B for us to bring him on. If all of a sudden you start Saka at left wing back, we've got if things do go wrong, you've got no options to bring anyone really attacking wise, if you know what I mean. If, you're not going to bring Matt Niles on to threat the game attacking pretense. Your only option not Klazinak. Really, no, but I mean, you're, we're looking in Kitty are the only two attacking players we could probably bring on. So yeah. I think he would leave Saka on the bench as a little. Just in case, do you know what I mean? If we could do about him, great. If we are chasing the game, sling him on, maybe go back to a back four or something. So, as, as much as Saka's done really well, we'd be excellent. I think it'd be the full guy this Okay, Saturday. well, okay. So, here's a question then. We don't actually know whether Bellerin's going to be fit enough to play on Saturday, do we? You know, there's going to be a fitness test at some point. So, if Bellerin isn't fit enough, and therefore, would you play Maitland-Niles on the right ahead of Cedric, or would you play Cedric Cedric's on the right and still, and still play Maitland-Niles on the left? Cedric's cup-tied. You can't oh, play. Okay. So you would have to play Maitland-Niles on the right. Then would you play Saka, or would you play Kolasinac and still keep Saka on the bench? I would play Saka if that's the sense. I do not want to see Kolasinac on that pitch. I know I know it's horrible, but I just think Chini's looked excellent at that centre-back of three. And without Mustafi there as well, and I've been coating off Mustafi, you know I have. But... That Mustafi Louise Tini looks solid. Yeah, Rob Holding you know, Just a quick point on the Saka thing is like normally I would have thought that in the case of a huge occasion like this, you know, Wembley Cup final, all that sort of kind of stuff, I would have started with a team with a little bit more experience that's not going to get, you know, overwhelmed. But now with no crowd at Wembley, you know, like the, it won't affect somebody like Saka or a young player in the same way that it might have when you've got a hundred thousand yeah, people and that kind of that you know that that kind of pressure. So in some ways that might might be in our favour. Um, I've just yeah. got to, I've just got to, one of the things that I've just got in them I can't get out of my mind. I've just got a feeling it's going to start Nketiah over Lacassette at the weekend as well. I just think I look at the way Nketiah works for him and runs around. It reminds me of 2017 when he selected well it wasn't him but when Wenger selected Welbeck over Giroud <laughs> and Welbeck just never stopped running against the Chelsea back three and they, they he tied them out. He absolutely tied them out. And Lacazette, I've just got this nagging doubt of his form and his confidence. And I just wonder, I don't know what you think, whether whether Antiquetia might get the nod, because he has played more up front 
under Arteta than Lacazette has. I think you've seen since the Liverpool game, which we've done all right, Lacazette's played a different role. He's come a lot deeper, hasn't he, I think. So I think Arteta's been working with that. It worked, really? That's it the role he's playing, just disrupting. Yeah, it against City. I think you'll see Lacazette start. I think, I think Arteta knows he can't really mess about with his team. I know, I know what you mean. I do I do understand he could do it, but I just I thought Eddie was poor against Villa. He come on against Watford. He, he had a couple of chances. I know he tried to set the Bamiang up, but he didn't look that great. So I think I think Lacazette will probably start ahead of him. And I'm, I'm looking forward to Pepe's performance on Saturday. Uh, I think he's been really good lately. I think he's got a lot of unfair stick from other fans because how much he costs and stuff. But if you base it on his first season, his goals and assists have been quite good return for me, I think, mm. in his first yeah. season. And if you go through his actual start, he hasn't started as many games as you think either. No, no. I think he started 25 league games. Yeah. Not a lot, really, in 38. So I think I, I think Pepe's could be the one to shine on Saturday. I think he could be the key man. I yeah, think he I could agree. be the key man. If we get the if we get the Pepe that you know like you know scored those two last minute winners that kind of got us a little bit further than the Europa League, mm. you know those free kicks. If we get that guy who's focused and on and and we, and 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 more importantly than anything, giving him the kind of support when he goes on his little runs. You know, you need to have those guys that are close by that can help make a decision for him because it seems sometimes like he doesn't make that decision. He's half a second behind making the right decision and then it it fades out. Or fuzzles yeah, out. I mean, Bellerin and Bellerin and, and Pepe hadn't quite got the, the chemistry and the overlapping yeah. going yeah. yet. But another thing that's encouraging, for, I think, for Pepe is Alonso is not the player he was two or three years ago, the left wing back. You know, I think Pepe's got the beating of Alonso, you know, when we're going forward and Alonso's, you know, being on the back foot. I think he's got the beating of Alonso all day. And I think Batman's got the same other end with Reese James. Yeah, yeah. Well. I just like to see, I just like to see Pepe not always cut in. I just like maybe I'd like to see Pepe and Abamyang switch flanks a bit, or, or, or Pepe just go on the outside and try and beat his fullback and put use his right occasionally because he has got one. I know he's less stronger. And I know the, the recent assist of booming the left cutting in, but Chelsea are a better side. They'll be wise to that. So I'd like to see a bit more variety, but I think Pepe's a, a key player. My, my, my concern is, I think, is which is worrying me about Saturday, is that right side with Pulisic, Mount slipping in out there as well, against Holding and Bellerin. It, that worries me. The pace so they've got. Be to... holding, right? You wouldn't consider anyone else. And be holding oh. Luis and Tierney in those back three and... I, th- I think that's what he'd do, and the holding does worry me. I know people want to see him do really well. We had that fantastic cup final a couple of years ago, but he does. What his pace worries me. He's very slow on the ball, and he gets flat-footed a bit. And in the air, he's good though, Charlie. I mean, he's he seems to be the guy clearing the crosses and making those last-minute tackles like more times than than most. You know, especially when Luisa switched off, which he yeah. was this game. Holding is kind of there to, to, you know, I think, yeah. Um, I might be a bit critical, but I'll just say he's, he's a worry of mine, I think. Well, we know he's not going to play Socrates, so Holding's definitely not. Socrates is going to be up for this I think, You know, you wouldn't think, yeah, you wouldn't put Kolasinac in at the centre. And... Oh, I hope not. I really hope not. No, I mean, the only reason Kolasinac's been playing there is because Arteta is desperate to have a left footer on the left. So it's, you know, Luis was playing there in a two, but he wants, if it's a three, he wants a left footer. So that's why it's been Kolasinac or Tierney. You know, it wouldn't be anyone else. It wouldn't be Barry, obviously, if he wasn't injured, but he wants a left footer. We're going to have to ride our luck a bit on Saturday, naturally, I think, like we did against Man City, to be very organised, disciplined, play them on the counter. I prefer playing teams on the counter. It suits us better. 
look at the Villa game when they sat back in the first half. We, we were a bit void of no idea. We didn't know what to do. So Liverpool, Man City, both times we, we were just we played the counter. We was solid. We was so we've got to ride our luck. But who knows? It's it's, it's a cup final. Anything can happen. I think um, I think um, you know the one good thing is that the two times that we played them, Arteta seemed to have Lampard's number because Lampard's had to adjust each time. You know, like he he had to adjust. I think he brought Jorginho on at half time in the in the in the first game um, at the bridge. That was a draw, right? Um, yeah. No, that was the second game at the bridge. It? What was the second one? Well, there was one where he brought Jorginho on at the half time. That was the first one. Oh, yeah, he should have been sent off. He should have been sent off. He should have been sent off. But, um, you know, so he adjusted on that. And then I think in the, other, in the return game, he matched our formation and he hadn't been playing that. And he's been playing it since, basically. So, yeah. Um, but then he has adjusted because Man United have beaten him three times before the semi final. So, I mean, Lampard's, I've got a lot of time for Frank Lampard. I had a lot of time for him as a player, and I've got a lot of time for him as a pundit, and I've got a lot of time for him as a coach. He talks well, he, he understands the game, and I think the players are playing for him. Uh, but I think we've got that as well. So, yeah. uh, we've definitely it's interesting, isn't it? Arteta's last, last game for Arsenal was as a captain lifting the FA Cup. Lampard's last game for Chelsea was lifting the FA Cup. Really? And then they've both got an opportunity now for their first trophies, both managers for their first trophies and their first seasons properly at their clubs they love. It's quite a nice fairy tale. And, I'm a rip- and, and how nice would it be Arteta in his first season, not even a full season, to get a trophy under his belt? Yeah, that'd be amazing. How, you think Klopp, even all them years, had four or five years, we haven't won a trophy. He's playing really well. I know he's yeah. got enough now, but yeah. it does stick with managers, doesn't they? And we've got a fantastic opportunity Saturday to get that hoodoo over us. Yeah. I'm so, is there any, any surprises in the formation then? We think both teams are going to play 3 4 3. We don't think anyone's going to be surprised by that. We don't think Arteta will change just because they're playing 3 4 3 and throw them. I mean, we, we're definitely convinced the teams are going to match up then, are we? I think Chelsea, so, what worry about, I don't know who's going to start for them because I think Mount's been played enough to get warrant a starting spot. But so's William. But Pulisic is obviously their star player. So, I mean, I reckon they might go for it at the back. They played 4-3-3 against Wolves on the weekend. Yeah. Against Man United in the semi, they played three at the back. And that's been there. As I say, I asked the Chelsea pundit I speak to, and he says he's convinced they'll go 3-3. But, but it's like it's like with Arsenal. Sometimes we can't even decide whether Arteta is playing 4-3-3 yeah, because so he adjusts during the game. And, and, and it's different when we're going forward than when we haven't got the ball. And I yeah. think they're very pragmatic coaches, as Paul referred to earlier. I think Lampard's the same. Um, but their big decision is going to be in the centre of midfield. You know, if they if they if they lose if they lose Kante, I mean, I, I like Kovacic, but he's one of these players that can be completely. Hit. He can have a brilliant game, or he can literally the game can pass him by. Yeah. Um, and so I think the way that Shaka and Tobias are playing, the understanding they've got, they're solid. We know they're going to play well together. Um, you know, Chelsea, they've got a decision to make as to who's going to play if Kante's fit. So. I think Jorginho will get dropped if they're out of the three. Yeah, my Chelsea, my Chelsea. Colleague said the same. He thinks if all of it will be Kante and uh, and Jovetic. I mean Kovacic, sorry. Yeah. It's, well, uh, it's going to be nervy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's I've got a feeling we might. I've got a feeling we might see extra time as well. It's hard not to look at like what you said last season, Charlie. You know where it was like, if that, if last season was like um, the silver, you know, like we were given the silver key, get, get out of jail card. You know, like. Possible Champions League through winning a European Cup. Now we're like <laughs> the bronze get out of jail card. Europa League and an FA Cup. You know, it's like um, and it's really last chance to learn because like 
it just it has so many knock-on effects that Arsenal. Oh, really it's more than more than anything. This is a cup, a cup that was worth way more than it seems to. But then we also have this situation that we've seen Chelsea, <coughs> Leicester have incredible seasons when they weren't in Europe. So who knows? Just, you know, I, I do. I do they had incredible players and, and big pockets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we're going to have to wrap it up, guys. We're trying to keep to our punchy half hour. So um, let's go for a uh, prediction um, uh, for the score of the weekend. Paul, you first. My heart says 2-1 to the Arsenal. And your head? <laughs> my, head says, my head says we could maybe end up going extra time and penalties. And then it's anybody's guess. Yeah. And that's going to be horrible because I think I'll be watching it from under my sofa. <laughs> We've got good penalty takers these days, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until you Charlie? need them. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-0 to the Arsenal. I am an op- and with Pepe and Aubameyang. At the semi-final. Well, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to go a repeat of 2017, and I'll, I'll agree with Paul. I think it's going to be two-one to the Arsenal. Uh, I think we'll score first. They'll equalise, and we'll we'll score the winner. Um, I'll make a prediction. It won't be Aaron Ramsey. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say. I think Ramsey might win it for us. <laughs> the ghost well, I've done a little. I've done a little thing yesterday on Twitter. This little game you could play, and I pulled out a tap in in the last minute from Eddie and Ketia for the winner in the FA Cup. So I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you another thing I saw. Just what I know we are going to wrap up, but I saw something on Twitter. Joe Willocks played more times for Arsenal in all competitions than any other player this season. Don't surprise me at all. No, he not, not starting, but he's played more I games. I think he does a good job when he comes off the bench because he gets given a role. He gets told what to do. He listens to what to do. And he will run and run and run and run. He plays up front. He plays out wide. Oh, for me, Willock, I think he's number one off the bench. Last 15, 20 minutes, a bit of energy. Yeah. No problem at all. I really yeah. have yeah. really yeah. And Nelson. Yeah. You'd throw Nelson into that bracket as well, wouldn't you? If Pepe's yeah. tired, potentially yeah. a few minutes to go. Yeah. All right, yeah. chaps. Thank you very Come much. Hopefully we're all and, happy next um, week. Enjoy on Saturday, and I'll speak to you both soon. Thank cool. you. Thanks. Adios. Adios.